good morning and welcome to Live City Church. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen to our stream and watch it. And I hope that you're blessed by today's service. If you're a part of our regular church family, if you haven't yet said anything, make sure you give a shout out on the replies right now on the chat room. Keep it going, guys. And talk to each other. When you hear a word, you think, man, that was a word for me. Try and quote it. Otherwise, for some of you, it's just amen, amen. I can't say anything more than just amen. Whatever it is, may the word of God come alive in your spirit. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. While you're turning there, I want to uh, make sure that I could let you guys know we have a great new YouTube channel with all these messages uploaded. And the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing about the people of Israel and how they were about to enter the promised land and how in the first instance, they couldn't go through because of how they saw themselves. And uh, last week, it was about David, giant killers, and keys to breakthrough. I want to encourage you to download those messages, or you can always subscribe to iTunes and SoundCloud. Well, this morning, I want to talk about strength and courage. Let's read Joshua chapter 1 and reading verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Someone needs to do a shout out right now. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as a great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it from the, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think we need to do a, a praise right now for Jesus. What an amazing word that we can enjoy all these incredible things that God has in store for us if we obey the word of God. And the Bible's telling us to meditate on it day and night. Well, this morning I want to give you some uh, secrets to understanding how to step up to new levels with the Lord. The Bible tells us in verse 1 that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. 
there's always that moment where, you know, we could be going idly by in our walk with the Lord, and we're just doing things, and we may be serving and doing all the right things, but we haven't quite heard from the Lord ourselves. Like, we, we, we journal, we, we read the Bible, we're praying, we're doing all the right things, we're going into the house of God. But there comes that point in time in every Christian's life where they hear the voice of God speaking to them. I remember that time very clearly for my wife and I. It was the turn of the century, the year 2000. And it was on that turn, on New Year's Day. I remember Chrisley saying this to my wife, I feel like God is calling me, which means us, into ministry. And she said, if you told me that a few days earlier, I would have said, no, no way. But it feels right. It feels right now. And everyone's going to hear this thing. The next thing, God started speaking to me in ways he had not done so before. It was like a whole new level. It was an incredible time with the Lord, and it's continued to this day. But it was necessary in order to do the things that God was asking me to do. The Bible is telling us that at this point in time, Joshua had not actually heard from the Lord himself, but he always heard from the Lord through an intermediary. And some of you right now, you've been hearing from the Lord through intermediaries for a very long time. You may be, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old, you still haven't heard. I want to tell you that God wants to speak into your life. Now is a time when God wants to speak into your life because your life matters. Your life counts. God has a great destiny in store for you, and you'll miss it if you're not hearing from the Lord. And there is a time when your preparation ends and your calling begins, when the servant becomes the leader. See, Joshua was content to serve under Moses. In fact, he was so content. He served under Moses for 40 years of his life. That's a long time. I remember with that calling of God from the year 2000, fast forward to, uh, to uh, later on, it was 2002, when God began calling me into ministry. Fast forward again into the year uh, 20, I think it was 2009, I'd just come back from a missions trip. And I remember, this is my... my uh, first trip back to Malaysia, we we're ministering and, and doing a missions trip. I was there with Pastor Newton. Most of you know Pastor Newton Festus, great man of God. And we're ministering there, and it was like a whole new anointing. And I've been serving as an assistant pastor. I love serving under my pastor. I enjoyed it, and it was safe. And, you know, it, it's like when you're, when you're under the shadow and you're following under someone else's anointing, you know, I can dream big, I can do things, but, you know, when you finally get that position and you're finally that senior leader, I was a lead pastor now of a church in the turn of the year, uh, well, I, didn't, I wasn't to know that at this point, my life was about to change. And all I knew was I was stepping into a, a greater anointing and I'm coming back and I'm stepping into the, the role of an assistant pastor. Again, love my, I love my pastor and I was happy where I was serving, but it did feel a little awkward. And I remember it was, I think, the week after when I was asked to come in and see my senior pastor. And I'm there in that room with him, and we're just chatting away, how was Malaysia, how was the trip? And I begin telling him stories of miracles and healings and salvations and how God was doing such incredible things. It was so exciting. Then he said to me these words, I remember that (laughs) to this day. He says, Paul, do you feel the eagle stirring the nest? I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Of course I know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. And he began telling me, he says, you know, um, 
I feel it's time for you to be able to step out. It's time for you to step into role as a senior pastor of your own church. And I knew the words were right, but I, I just didn't want to hear it. I was comfortable where I was at. Again, it's easy to take risks when you're sitting under someone else's anointing because at the end of the day, it falls back on them. But now when you're the guy and every decision I was going to make is going to have an impact, the leaders that I appoint, the decisions they make, all of it comes back to me. Even if it's their fault, it doesn't matter. And I thought, man, the weight of leadership is huge and it's big. And the pain, the challenges, the self-doubt that comes along with becoming the senior leader of a church. And you probably have those self-doubts right now, just living daily life and daily living and daily ministry. When you consider Moses' response when God called him some 40 years earlier, Joshua's response is totally different from Moses. I mean, look at Moses' response. Yes, Lord, send Aaron. I got a stutter. They won't listen to me. I already tried that and it didn't work. And how about the great one? I'm still wanted for murder. <laughs> you probably got your own excuses that you use. Well, you can't do that. That's a hard one to top. I'm still wanted for murder. But we've, we've all had that. I remember I had those same misgivings, and I, I didn't want to fully devote myself to the Lord when I was a teenager. And I remember it wasn't until I became an atheist, and then finally a year later, that year, that same year, I came back to the Lord when I had decided I am fully and completely and totally committing myself to you, Lord. In verse 2, God says to Moses, uh, sorry, God speaks to Joshua, he says, Moses my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go. It was an opportunity that was given to Joshua. Now, he could have done the same thing as Moses. Oh, I, can't, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. But God was so clear to him. And Joshua, in this particular passage, didn't reject the calling of God. He hardly leapt into it. He says, absolutely, let me at it. How would you respond when an opportunity is presented to you? See, our job collectively is to lead people into their inheritance. This is the job of Joshua, but today I declare to you this is our job to lead people into every promise that God has for them. God's promise is not for people to live in poverty all their life. God's promise is not that you'd be sick and die. It's not what he wants to do. God has greater things for you. And I'm not saying that we don't get sick and die. I'm not saying that we don't go through poverty. What I'm saying is the heart of Jesus is never that, our, that people should suffer. We do, but it's never the, the original purpose and plan of God. But because of sin that has come into the world, unfortunately, we suffer through these things. And so our job is to help people on this journey, to, to walk into the promises of God, to understand who he is and his love for them. And I love this passage where God says, I'm going to give you blessing and promise if you follow the things I'm asking you to do. It's a hard thing to be a leader. And I think we have a warped view of leadership. Often we see as the leader as boss, the boss telling people what to do, ordering soldiers into battle. To, you know, you do this and you do that. But what we see in biblical leadership is nothing like that. The Bible paints a picture of leaders as shepherds, shepherds who walk ahead of the sheep. 
navigating their way through very dangerous territory to find the safest place to go and helping the sheep to go into meadows that are, that are safe and rich and lush and beside still waters. It's a hard job because to be the first one means that if there's a, an attack coming, the leader feels at first they've got to fend off the wolves and the lions. And they've got to know their way. I mean, we don't always know the way, so we are committed as leaders. We're constantly on our knees praying, God, grant me guidance. God, show me the way because I don't know the way that I'm supposed to go. Where do we go to next? I want to declare to you today that God has appointed you. Each of us, in some way, is a leader. Uh, John Maxwell, he says in his leadership books, the key thing is this. He says, leadership is influence, and everyone has a certain level of influence. It might be over your family. It might be over your children. It might be over, over the employees that work for you. You might be a business owner. I don't know what capacity you're in, but everyone influences someone else. You might be influencing your best friend. And God is calling you to lead and to look after your, in this case, not just sheep. We're talking about family. God is calling you to lead your business. God is calling you to lead your workmates. God is calling you to lead your neighborhood. We're not supposed to be quiet. We're not supposed to be just occupying time until next Sunday. Okay, now is the time to be a Christian. But every day, God is calling us to step into a new level, higher levels, because God has a great destiny in store for you, and he's just waiting for you to enter into the promises that he has for you. God is calling you as a man of God, as a woman of God, to set the temperature for worship in your home. God is asking you to war for the souls of man and to war for the souls of your family. God is calling you to rescue and care for the downtrodden and the weak. God is calling you to create a place of safety, a place of peace in your home. Some of you husbands, you're causing such distress in your homes. As fathers, you're just causing such pain to your children. Can I challenge you? Your job is to create a place of safety, a place of peace. God is calling you to establish the passion for God's word and a passion for prayer in your home and in your church to set the standard for love that the world envies and wants to follow. God continues to say to Joshua, every place, not some places, listen to this, it just boggles my mind, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. I want to challenge you with this thought. There's a time when we are nomads in our relationship with God. Some of you are still nomads. You move from place to place, from church to church, never settling. But I want to challenge you with this thought. Eventually, you must set roots in order to become established and to build the legacy that God has for you and for your family to follow after you because the decisions you make today are affecting your children and your children's children. God's plan was not for the people of Israel to wander aimlessly about the desert, and that's it for the rest of their lives. It was never that place. It was a place, in fact, where God had to do that as a punishment because they refused to believe him, and they refused to enter into the promises God has for them. Someone, you need to tap your neighbor right now, COVID tap, use your elbow or something, and tell them, God's speaking to you. You've been avoiding entry into the promised land. You've been talking yourself out of it. But God says, now is the time to enter. Now is the time to establish. Now is the time to build legacy. God is telling Joshua, 
wherever you place your foot, it's yours. I mean, imagine if God gave you that as a promise. I mean, I'd be running around everywhere in that nation as far as I could go. I mean, everywhere, up, down, north, south, east, west. It'd be like stepping foot into Interpilly Shopping Center. And God says, whatever you want, whatever you can carry or push or drag, it's yours. Man, I'd be going through every single store, running in and out, getting shopping baskets, pulling two or three, getting into a, a, a center like Kmart, maybe buying some rope, putting some shopping carts together. I'm going to fill as many as I can because everywhere you sit your foot, God says, it's yours. Imagine if we began to actually believe what God is saying. If I could paraphrase, God's saying the world is your oyster and I want to give you pearls. But we're so scared of the effort it will take to open up those oysters. Your life is not meant to be meaningless. It's not meant to be miserable. It's meant to be a life that is full. What full means is happy, overflow. You know those sayings we say on Facebook, oh, my heart is full. Your heart is meant to be full all the time. God wants you to be so full of peace, so full of joy, so full of love. I know some of you right now listening to me, you are struggling right now with depression. You're struggling with anxiety. You're struggling with fear. You don't know about tomorrow. You hate today. and You feel like you're in this transitionary place. Can I tell you, you are in the wilderness and God's saying it's time to come and step foot in the promises that I have for you. Joshua knew he had a lot of ground to cover. God goes on in verse 5, he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But what if we really actually take to heart what God is saying? He's saying, I will always be with you in your difficult times, in your difficult seasons. I'm there. I'm not going to be running away. I won't be that God that's so far away that when you're troubled, you're calling to me, but some of you are praying like God is so far away. In your distress, you think he doesn't care, and you're trying to convince him to care, but God says, I love you. I'm with you in your times of trouble. Why is this so important that God says, I will be with you? Well, Maybe the reason most of us are not experiencing the presence of God in our lives or walking in victory is because we forget God is with us. And so we, we live fear-based lives. We, we go from day to day, week by week, year to year, never knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, always worried, always full of anxiety, not knowing what's going to happen. Does God really love me? Does he really have a promise for me? Our lives are so full of opportunity that is often missed because we dismiss them as too hard, too embarrassing, too confronting. I'm not good enough. I could never do that. I came across this story from actually my, my home country, my dad's home country, North Sumatra. And it's called The Spoiled Cat, a folktale from Delhi Serdang, North Sumatra. And this story, a beloved king has no heirs. And so he... Uh, it seeks comfort with, uh, with, with animals. So he has all these kinds of animals walking around in the palace. But his special love was for a Siamese cat. And he poured his love on the Siamese cat. And one day she had a kitten. And of course, a kitten became his one joy. And this kitten would eat from golden platters. And he would be looked after. He'd be fed. He'd be just so pampered. 
until one day when the palace caught on fire and the kitten's mother grabbed him and ran into the forest for safety. And there she tried her very best to look after this kitten, to feed this kitten. But life was so much more different outside. No more is there a golden, golden platter full of milk and cream and delicious things. Now, this mother cat is fending on behalf of herself and her kitten. And the crazy thing is, the poor mother worked very hard to feed this kitten, who by now is actually old enough to be looking for food himself. And she began to suffer from her work. Though this cat was, this kitten was no longer a baby, she still had to go out each day and find food for him. Seeing what a pitiful state his mother had arrived at, the son no longer considered her a suitable provider. I will go find myself a better mother, he replied. I need a mother who can feed on me on a golden platter as I deserve. How many of us have become like that kitten in the story. The kitten all along was able to hunt and feed itself and actually provide for the mother, but instead is expecting the mother to wait on him hand and foot. God is saying to you, this is your time. You're, you're grown strong enough. Your legs are strong enough. Your senses are keen. You've learned so much from church. You've learned so much in the word of God. Now it's your time to step out into new territory. I've got promises for you. I love this next portion. Where God says from verse 6 onwards, three times, be strong and of good courage. Be very strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Why is it mentioned three times? Usually, I, you know, we see it twice, like we've talked about before. There was no, when, when the word of God was written, they didn't have different kinds of characters and fonts. They didn't have bold and italics. It was all just one thing. So in order to draw people's attention to something, they couldn't use bold. They would use repetition. And normally, two repetitions was enough. But to have three, obviously, there was something that Joshua was really struggling with. While he's saying, yeah, yes, God. I'm willing to do the things you have for me. But dear God, how am I going to do it? So God's saying to him, he could see into his mind. He can see into his spirit. And he's speaking to him where there's fear. He's saying, be courageous. Be strong. Constantly repeating these things to Joshua until it came into his spirit. And what God was talking about wasn't a physical strength. That's not what he's referring to. He's talking about a strength of will. He's talking about a strength of determination. He's talking about a strength of faith in God. God never expected physical strength to be a requirement for winning wars. God never expected wealth and riches to be the requirement to enter into service for him. Because God was the war decider. God was the one who determined the outcome of every battle. And God would not allow or suffer his people to enter into a battle that they would lose. Think about this for a moment. Every battle that God has determined for you, he's determined for you to win. And he's prepared you for the win ahead of time. And so when you're hearing from God and he leads you into a battle and you're inquiring of God, says, yes, go for it. I will surely deliver them into your hands. You will annihilate your enemy. Every problem, every challenge gets wiped away because God is working with you. 
The people of Israel only had to surrender to God and show up for battles because he instructed them to fight. And so they would come, they would go ready, but God would often get involved in the battle. Why is this inner strength so important? Well, that's because there would be many obstacles. There would be many battles. There would be many giants that they needed to fight and that you will need to fight. And you will need the strength of character and the strength of faith in God to remain steady in battle no matter what to win the promises that God has for you. God says, be strong and of good courage. That word courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the presence of, uh, the presence of fear, but overcoming that fear to win that battle. It might be an intimidating challenge. It might be a hardship that you feel is about to break you. But that courage is to be able to rise up above every challenge, above everything that raises its hand against you. Courage can only be courage when fear is present. And that person rises beyond their fear to take possession of every good promise that God has for you. I want to challenge you with this thought. Some of you have been safely walking your Christian journey and you've tried to keep things easy for yourself. And you've heard some great messages out there challenging you to step up, rise, go to the next level. But you, like that kitten, continue to remain safely expecting someone else to feed you. And they're tired, they're bedraggled, and you're still expecting them to wait on you. You might be criticizing some of them, but the Lord is saying, I prepared you for great tasks. I have molded you for this moment. I have a destiny in store for you, but you still are sitting on your hind. God is saying, now is the time to rise up. Now is the time for the people to understand the destiny that God has is good and it's great. God is looking for people who are willing to do crazy things in his name, and they will. Let me tell you, yes, that means you You might have to tap the person next to you and say, God is speaking to you. God is going to call you to do crazy things. To turn to the neighbor next to you on the other side and say, you are crazy and God is going to use you. We question ourselves when God is calling. We make up excuses. But can I challenge you today to do like Joshua did? To step into these things and where there's fear in your, in your heart, where there's trepidation, where there's uncertainty, God will speak into your life. Be strong. And of good courage, take down your giants. Be strong and of good courage, take over the land. Be strong and of good courage, inherit the promises I have for you in Jesus' name. I want to pray for some of you this morning. You're, you have been fearful. You know who you are, and you haven't actually stepped to the plate. You haven't actually said, yes, God, use me. Whatever capacity, I will do it. And you've been shrinking back. And the Lord has been speaking to you. You're, it, this is a great moment right now. You're in your home. 
You're in a safe place, but can I challenge you to stand with me if I'm speaking to you? Perhaps you have been serving for some time, and God is just starting to speak into your life, and you haven't quite heard that, but you're saying, God, I want to be used by you. I want you to stand to your feet as well with me. Will you stand with me this morning? Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, Lord, you see every person standing right now, this morning, right where they are, Father God, in their homes, in their rooms. Some of them, they can't stand. They're sitting in their car, but Lord God, I pray that you'd raise up the champions today in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would speak courage, speak strength into their life right now. Lord, I pray you fill their heads with visions of tomorrow, of the good things that you have for them. Lord, I pray that you stir up their spirit right now. Lord, let them not be comfortable. Let them no longer be happy with safe, but I pray, Lord God, you begin to overturn that boat. I pray, Lord God, you cause your sons and daughters to step out of the boat and find out they can walk on water as you did with Peter. I pray, Father God, you would fill your people with such great courage. Lord God, when they know that you are with them, Lord, nothing can stand against them. When you are with them, Lord God, you're saying, yes, I want this for you. Father God, you will make a way when there is no other way. Lord, I pray right now for the release of breakthroughs upon their lives. Hallelujah. Father, God, I pray for those who don't know you right now. Father, that there would be a hunger that you would place upon their heart to receive you. This morning, this might be the first time that you've understood the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a God who loves you. He made you. He knows everything about you. The Bible says he knows your end from the beginning. He knows it all, and he loves you. And you didn't tune in today just out of haphazardly, you know, just all, you know, scrolling down. God actually intended for you to hear this message today. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to respond back to him. This might be a first time you're wondering, how do I know? Well, you've got this inquisitive nature about you right now, and there might be butterflies in your stomach. You might have goosebumps. You're thinking, "I I know I need to do something. This is your moment. Now is the time. Don't wait. For some of you, you've walked with the Lord for some time previously, but today you find yourself distant from the Lord. I want to invite you to join with me in saying this prayer. I want to lead you in this beginning prayer that will change and transform your life. Can you say this prayer with me right now in your home and repeat after me? If that's you right now, say it with all your heart as you confess with your mouth. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. And I'm sorry that I could not live up to your standards. You call that sin. But you love me so much that you took the punishment from my sins. And that meant death on a cross. You died for every sin I have committed and for every sin I will ever commit. Jesus, forgive me my sins. Wash it away. And give me your spirit that I can have a fresh start. You died for me. Now I will live for you. God bless you. If this, uh, this message has reached you and it's, it's touched your heart or it's changed your life, God has been doing something to perhaps today, you said that prayer for the first time or you re- recommitted your life to the Lord, can you let me know? Send me an a- email to yes 
at livecitychurch.com. Yes, at livecitychurch.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to be able to take you through the next steps in your journey with the Lord. Well, thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. And I hope you have an incredible week. We'll see you next week.